When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Greg Baird here. Before I begin today's story, I want to take a moment and ask that you check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. There are several tiers with great benefits, from ad-free content to t-shirts and other cool stuff. And I have plenty of wonderful merch in my store, and the link is in my show notes. As well, if you're a fan of Canadian history, make sure you check out all of my shows, from John to Justin, Canadian History X, Canada, A Yearly Journey, and Pucks and Cups, along with Canada's Great War. And don't forget, you can also donate directly to the show at www.canadaehx.com. Just click Donate. It helps keep this show going. Okay, on with the show. I'm Craig Baird, and this is From John to Justin. For the first 30 years that Newfoundland existed as a province in Canada, it only had two premiers. In 1979, after the resignation of Frank Moores, it was time for a new man to step into the top job. That man was Brian Peckford. Brian Peckford was born in Whitbourne, Newfoundland on August 27, 1942, and was raised throughout the area in various communities. His grandfathers were both outport fishermen, and his father was a Newfoundland ranger, part of the colonial police force, who eventually became a shopkeeper and then a government social worker. Eckford said, Politics wasn't really discussed in any partisan sense in my family. In 1959, he spent a year as a student at Jarvis Collegiate in Toronto while his father was upgrading his social work qualifications at the University of Toronto. Beckford, by all accounts, hated it. He said, I hated it with a passion. I found a total lack of knowledge of the world as it existed outside of Toronto, let alone outside of Ontario. After gaining a Bachelor of Education from Memorial University of Newfoundland, he began working as a school teacher in rural Newfoundland. Eckford was at the founding meeting of the Green Bay District. While still working as a teacher, he also became the secretary of the local progressive conservative organization. John Crosby, in his autobiography, said of Peckford, I spoke with him following the meeting and could see that he would be the kind of person who would be very helpful to our cause. Eckford had also supported Crosby previously in 1969 during his run to become the leader of the Liberal Party against Joey Smallwood. In 1972, Peckford made the jump to politics when he ran in the Green Bay riding for the Burkhouse of Conservatives. While the party won a majority government, Peckford barely won his own district over the Liberal candidate. The Liberals had held the riding since Newfoundland joined Confederation in 1949. In 1973, Peckford was appointed as the parliamentary assistant to Premier Frank Morris and one year later was appointed the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing. When the 1975 election came along, Peckford was elected with over 70% of the vote in his riding, a great improvement from his narrow victory three years earlier. One year after the election, Peckford became the Mines and Energy Minister replacing John Crosby. As Minister, Peckford fought the federal government for control of the offshore oil industry and was successful in 1977 in better terms for Newfoundland. These terms included maximizing local economic benefits while minimizing social and environmental disruption. 
The oil companies also agreed to train and employ local residents, thereby helping the province overall. Beckford was relatively unknown to many, though. One reporter said, Every time he stood up in the house, I had to rack my brain. Brian who? Minister of what? But many in Newfoundland began to like Peckford for his brashness and cocky nature as a politician. He was very tough with oil companies. At one point, East Can offered $50 million worth of exploration in the summer of 1977. They added they would only go ahead if Newfoundland made some major concessions. Peckford refused to budge on the matter. This caused East Can to call his bluff and go to Baffin Island for exploration. Some in the cabinet criticized him, but he refused to budge. Then in 1978, Texaco came to them and said they would bring oil rigs to Newfoundland on his terms. Peckford was known to work constantly. By the fall of 1977, his friends told him he was smoking too much, sleeping too little, and eating too much bad fast food. And while they warned him, they also knew that he had an overwhelming ambition, and that was just part of it. He wanted to be the top guy calling the shots, and he worked to make it happen. He said, I'd always wanted to be the top guy so that I could have the kind of influence I needed to get my views implemented. I just never knew it would work out so quickly. I thought it might take longer. When Moore stepped down as Premier, Peckford put his name in the running to succeed him as Premier. For most in the media, Peckford was seen as the front-runner in the field of 10 looking to replace Moore's. In the March 17, 1979 leadership election, Peckford led on the first two ballots and then won the leadership on the third ballot. Now the Premier of Newfoundland, he was the youngest Premier in Newfoundland's history. He said, Newfoundland will be a have province. Morris stated that the party had chosen a good man to lead the province. Peckford said, There are some backbenchers I have to take a look at. And within days of being sworn in, he brought in four fresh faces to the cabinet and shuffled 13 others to new positions. Only one had the same job as before. Almost immediately, Peckford called an election for June 18, 1979. He chose this time to call an election as the Liberals were in disarray and there was a dissension over Bill Rowe serving as a leader of the party. He stated that it was time for Newfoundland to take charge of its own future, weed out unnecessary federal interference and other influences from mainland Canada. Before Moores resigned, the Liberals had led the PCs in the polls, but due to Beckford picking the time he did for the election, that allowed the PCs to win the election and gain their third straight majority, winning 33 of 52 seats in the House of Assembly, while the Liberals had only 19 and the NDP had none. Beckford said, We have grown up in 1979. Newfoundland is ready to take its part and fight for its just share. Throughout his time as Premier, Peckford made resource management the most important issue, especially the development for offshore oil, hydroelectricity and the fisheries. He was able to gain greater control for the province and those industries, bringing in more money to raise the standard of living in Newfoundland. John Crosby briefly worked with Peckford when they were both members of the legislature, and in his autobiography, Crosby would call the leadership style of Peckford as ruthless, which was something he admired. Like Morris, his government tried to renegotiate the terrible Upper Churchill contract with Hydro-Quebec that Joey Smallwood had signed a decade earlier in 1969. He was unsuccessful in this, even though he took it to the Supreme Court of Canada twice. The meeting of Eastern Canada Premiers and New England Governors was barely underway when the Quebec-Newfoundland fight over electricity boiled over at the official photo session. Each side maintained their positions over the Hydro contract, under which Quebec sells power it buys from Newfoundland at a high profit. Hydro-Quebec last week signed a preliminary agreement with the New England Power Pool to supply 690 megawatts of power 
starting in 1986. But Newfoundland now plans to block the sale. There has to be a, uh, a hearing before the National Energy Board of Canada, and at that hearing, Newfoundland as a government will be intervening and proving uh, that one of the provisions under which exports are allowed uh, must be that it's surplus to Canada's needs. We can prove conclusively that it's not surplus to Canada's needs. Premier Levesque, trembling with rage, remembered his boycott of last year's conference and was unperturbed. No, I boycotted last year because uh, we thought the attitude, it was in Newfoundland, and we thought the attitude by Mr. Peckford and his government was absolutely unacceptable, and there was no reason to even look remotely like endorsing it by being there. It's not quite the same thing this year. That's it. Well, is there any change in positions? No. During his early years as Premier, he was working 12 to 15 hours a day, but he worked that down so he could spend more time with his family. He also developed a love for football and often went to see the Super Bowl and arranged provincial travel so he could see the Grey Cup. In 1982, during the Canadian Constitution negotiations, Peckford attempted to gain greater control over fisheries for the province, but was not able to get the support of the other Premiers. Under his time as Premier, overfishing continued to be a problem, and little was done to stop it, leading to a crisis after he left office. While in his dispute with the federal government, Eckford called an election for April 6, 1982, hoping to gain a stronger mandate for his negotiations with Quebec and the federal government. Once again, Peckford led his party to victory, winning 44 of 52 seats in the House of Assembly. This was the most seats ever won by a party in Newfoundland's history and remains so to this day. The Progressive Conservatives also won 44 seats in 2007. When the Supreme Court of Canada ruled in March 1984 that the federal government owned the rights to minerals on the continental shelf, Beckford began to look for a joint management and revenue system from the oil resources off the coast. At one point, he stated he would resign if the battle for offshore oil failed. Some even called him English Canada separatist for his steadfast determination in the matter. On February 11, 1985, with new Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, Beckford and the premiers of the other maritime provinces signed the Atlantic Accord. This gave them more decision-making power and financial benefits from resource extraction, and it's estimated the agreements he negotiated have brought in $30 billion to Newfoundland since the 1980s. He said, If standing up for Newfoundland's right to be equal is considered to be making war, then boys, I'm making war. With this huge victory, Peckford once again called an election, this time for April 2nd, 1985. In the election campaign, Peckford called himself the great negotiator, but any good press he had from the Atlantic Accord was countered by teachers and public service employees who protested the two-year government-imposed wage freeze. I have therefore called on the Lieutenant Governor today to dissolve the House of Assembly and to call a general election for April 2nd. Brian Peckford called the election on March 11th. Two days later, NTA President Ray Golding mobilized his teachers into action. Golding said his members would be encouraged to get all candidates to deal with teachers' issues. But once the party leaders hit the campaign trail, it soon became obvious that Peckford was the main target. In St. John's, this ad appeared in the Evening Telegram. It's directed at the Premier. He's reminded that teachers will remember. It's a reference to their slogan two years ago when teachers were involved in a strike against the government. Oh, 
Hotel security became concerned when some of the teachers filed into the lobby, and that resulted in this scene. So don't try to stop me from coming into a public building. You certainly did try to stop me. You certainly did so, sir. I asked you if the hotel was closed, and you said, yes, it is. Peckford says his wage freeze will stand, and he's not concerned about the teachers' demonstrations. Well, I mean, uh, we are living in a democracy, and people wish to express their views in different ways, and they have chosen the way in which they want to express their views, so uh, I think it's healthy. And outside the hall, a noisy group of teachers and civil servants are preparing their own arrival ceremony. PCs in the district felt it was necessary to provide extra security for the Lewisport rally. But a party spokesman was quick to add they don't expect any problems with demonstrators. While teachers were attacking Peckford, he himself went on the attack yesterday for the first time in the campaign. In Gambo, he lashed out at Richard Cashin, whom he described as a socialist, and the Liberal Party, which he described as a party of the past. Nonetheless, the party was able to win the election with 36 seats, but this would be the last election win for the party until 2003. In 1987, the government partnered with a company to construct a hydroponic greenhouse complex. It was said that the greenhouse would generate jobs, but within two years and $22 million later, the project went bankrupt. On January 21, 1989, Peckford announced he was leaving politics, citing family considerations. He said... Once I get out of here, I gotta get another job because my pension will not sustain me, so it is going to be difficult. I don't have a house, I don't have a car, I don't even have very much furniture, so I have to start like a 21-year-old, almost, and begin life anew. During his time as Premier, he had several successes, such as naming the first female cabinet minister in Newfoundland's history, the first female to the Newfoundland Supreme Court, he introduced a new flag, he brought in grade 12 into the high school curriculum, and he started construction on the Trans-Labrador Highway. After he was done in politics, he became a business consultant and sat on several boards, including the CBC in the 1990s. In the 1990s, he also moved to Vancouver Island, where he continues to live. In 2021, he endorsed the People's Party and Maxine Bernier in the federal election and stated the Canadian government infringed on the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms during the COVID-19 pandemic. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Information from CBC, Canadian Encyclopedia, National Post, Wikipedia, Vancouver Province, North Bay Nugget, and the Calgary Herald. If this is your first time listening and you like what you heard, please take a moment and give us a five-star review to help other people find these amazing stories. And there are so many you can sink your teeth into. We also love hearing from you, so if you have a show topic you want me to cover, email me at craig at canadaehx.com or stop by my website and social media. I'll include all of those links in the show notes.